everyone to another episode of HR and Payroll 2.0. I'm Pete Tiliakis, and as always, I'm joined by the legendary Julie Fernandez. Welcome, Julie. Thanks so much, Pete. I can't wait for you to introduce our guest today. Yes, yes. I'm super excited to welcome uh, Jim Cole to the, to the, uh, to the show. Uh, Jim is the head of payroll for uh, Check. Uh, if you're not familiar with Check, Check is an API-driven p- embedded payroll solution, very tech-forward, very future of payroll. Uh, and we're here to have him talk about the art and science of modern payroll. So welcome, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me, Pete. Really happy to be here. And uh, thanks, Julie. I appreciate that. I'm also excited to speak with you. Yeah, yeah. likewise. Same, same here. Let's dig in. Well, actually, I think we have a little bit of news first, right, Pete? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Jim, maybe just before we go there, Jim, one of the things I, I, I mean, the way we got together was on social media, right? I think we've kind of met over LinkedIn and Twitter, and we realized we both have a lot of the same interests, and we live here in Atlanta. But uh, maybe just tell me a little bit about your role um, and what Check actually does and is and how you fit into that. It would be, be great. And then we can kind of jump in for context real quick. Yeah, of course. Um, so Check is uh, an API for embedded payroll. Um, so what we do essentially is we are not out there selling payroll, but we create payroll businesses. Um, so we allow uh, different uh, vertical SaaS platforms or workforce management solutions, staffing, employer record um, to add payroll to their product naturally. Yeah. Um, so that they can they can offer payroll um, as a solution, you know, for for their industry. Yeah. Um, very so cool. I yeah, it's 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 awesome and exciting to be, you know, the, the first of its kind. Um, we have some really great companies that have already started um, building, running and selling payroll on top of us. Um, House Call Pro, Seven Shifts, uh, Homebase, Eddie, Miter all these companies that are out there selling payroll directly to their industry, which has been incredibly exciting. Um, as far as I go, I actually was the third employee at check. So I oh, started, very good. yeah, really, yeah. really in the early days. Um, and it's funny, as soon as the idea of embedded payroll was pitched to me um, by our CEO, Andrew, I was like, I have no idea what that means. I right? just, I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't picture it four years ago. Yeah. Um, but now I can picture it. I've seen it be successful and it's, it's incredibly exciting. Um, so what I brought to check was just, uh, you know, 15 years of payroll industry experience prior to that. My, my career started at, at Paychex, uh, where I was a support specialist working on their, their core platform. I moved into their core advanced platform and then their uh, major markets platform. So I got to play with all the tools uh, in the chest over at Paychex. Um, just learned a tremendous amount there, and I was able to bring all of that knowledge to check, um, thinking through what it would be like to set up a business and support payroll. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's really what my role is now, is pr- uh, providing support and providing education to our partners to enable them to become these successful payroll businesses. Yeah, that is very unique. That's a very unique, seriously, that's a very unique payroll role, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're out there enabling people whose, whose, uh, you know, focus and, and core strength is not payroll. And you're, you're making it where you can bring payroll and payroll technology and capability to their, to their solutions. So, uh, and their environments, I, I think it's so cool. And, and I love your perspectives. I'm excited to get in here and, uh, and, and contrast them as we, as we talk about payroll a little bit later on. Uh, and again, the art and science of it, right? I want to get into that. And the art part of it, I want to yeah, talk a little bit about something say, that, yeah, go ahead, Julie. We, we really need to sneak preview, you know, yes. because the way that you introduced Jim to me is more in the art, you yes. know, the art and, <laughs> and kind of some hobby that Jim has that's, that I can't wait to talk about. So mention that for sure before we... Before yeah. We dive into yeah. So, so Jim, maybe tell us a little bit about, uh, so one of the things that Jim and I connected over is his love of art. You're an artist or a graphic artist, I think, Jim, and you've created some really cool uh, that we both have taken a look at and checked out and played around with. And I can't wait to use some, I hope you'll give me the rights, uh, in some of my writing, uh, is, is comics, right? You've made some comics that I think are really, really fitting for the times, really funny, uh, almost a kind of a dry humor in a way, <laughs> dry office humor, I guess. But uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that because I, I love this part of it. I want to talk about it on the uh, on, as we get going. Yeah, of of course, um, Pete. So I, I think probably one of the secrets of payroll, maybe it's not so secret, I don't know, is that nobody grows up as a child and dreams of getting into the payroll world. 
Yeah. You know, you're, you're not there yeah. as a child with crayons, you know, writing out uh, fake checks to your friends. Um, so I think like most payroll people, I, I love art. I'm, I'm an artist. So I had a, a talent outside of, um, outside of payroll that I, I always wanted to do. You know, I always yeah. imagined I'd grow up and be a cartoonist or an artist of some sort. <laughs> and here you are in payroll. <laughs> yeah, and here yeah. I am in payroll. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, payroll was was a very uh, safe way to get into the world, right? It, everybody needs it. Um, as soon as I started doing it, I fell in love with it. But art has something that's always stayed with me, you know, since I was old enough to uh, hold a crayon. And uh, I started drawing a, a daily comic strip when I was, was in college. I did that for a few years. Very cool. Um, yeah, and that actually led me to becoming um, the label artist for a brewery. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You told me that. I remember that. You showed me yeah. those. Yes. Yeah, so I, cool. uh, I'm, I am the, the sole artist for a brewery based in New Jersey um, called Bolero Snort. I draw all of their labels. That um, is so cool. But uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't meeting that, that need Um and I, I really wanted to connect my my day job with my passion. And so I, I spun up this comic strip called Humanoid Resources. Yeah. <laughs> which is all about um, just aliens and robots in this distant future working at some, you know, mega global corporation and dealing with all of the uh, things that I think recruiters, HR folks and payroll people deal with uh, nowadays and and to your point, Pete, I think the the humor comes off pretty dry, but uh, I, I I enjoy it. I and love yes, it. Of course, you'll be able to share as many as you'd like. I love it. We, awesome. We might awesome. need we might need to have um we might need to ask for some of our own custom graphics for HR and payroll two. Yeah, right. We need an HR and payroll two point oh. Uh, we need we need some characters, maybe some characters and characters, and maybe some comic strips. So we'll see. But uh, well, that's good. That's so awesome, Jim. I want to dig into this more. I definitely want to get into your mind about payroll. But let's talk about marketplace news. We got some big news this week. I'm sure you guys saw it. I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, UKG and Amidas have uh, decided to get married. Um, I'm going to pause there. Julie, what do you think about that right out of, right out of the gate? And then I'm going to kind of give you my bits on what I think uh, yeah, about so, this. Yeah, you know, definitely fanfare. You're going to see a lot of folks talking about this, I think. And most of all, UKG. And it's because of a combination, right, of, um, you know, their sel- themselves and their capabilities um, tied with Kronos and global payroll, tied now with a global payroll offering. You know, there's a part of me, though, that for those who have been in this market says, okay, but they were partners already with Amidus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Active Payroll and a number of others, right, in the market. Uh, Adam, which got snapped up by Ceridian. And, and historically, you know, um, but historically, so it's like, okay, well, what do I gain by marrying one, right? If I've been yeah. dating several and I had all yeah. kinds of options, some of my clients might want the options. But um, when you think about the marriage, you can't help but think historically about what has happened to UKG in this space where their yeah. primary dance partner in the past, which was Solergo, got snapped up by ADP. And it's like, uh-oh, now what Now what do I do? Yes. And similar things have happened on the NetSuite side. I mean, it's just, it's a market where, you know, folks are dancing. And if you don't make a commitment, you can lose a dance partner. And that's what I thought about first when I saw this. Yeah, absolutely. And look, so I, let me be honest with you. I, I, I know both of these organizations really well. I've worked with them both. I've done a little bit of work uh, both on research, maybe even um, some advisory here and there and content for some. Uh, in Midas, I've done some work with in terms of content uh, when, when CMO uh, Tara O'Donoghue was there. Um, and big fan of both of these solutions. Um, I think that I think what you're seeing is, and we've seen it, right? We talked about a light and and workday getting yep. a little bit closer together. I think some of that was, um, you know, th- that was driven. Well, let me back up. All of these things are being driven by the fact that organizations recognize that they are fundamentally finding themselves multinational employers, whether they wanted to be or not. Whether that was for global expansion, merger and acquisition, or fundamentally because they're trying to compete for talent or diversity and skills. And they've had to go outside of the home market, which they should be. Everybody should be recruiting and looking for talent. You cannot just set, uh, you know, it's not, there's not enough talent, right? You're not, back in the day when you could say, well, we we, we can just get more people, right? We could just fill these roles, no problem. We throw a 
uh, uh, posting up and within 50 miles or 100 miles of our metro area, we're going to get what we need. That's not the case anymore. And so I think that you're finding that organizations are waking up and going, oh, wait a minute, we've got a long tail global payroll need and we don't know what we're doing. Um, and so I think that what you're and, and, and oh, by the way, uh, the bigger you get, right, we, we, as we all know, that gets that gets gnarlier and gnarlier and more complicated. Um, and, and you commonly find yourself with all this cobbled together stuff. And then one day you wake up and it's not really it's not really fitting your needs. It's not agile. It's not scalable. Um, and oh, by the way, it's also uh, not integrated well and all of that sort of thing. So my data is not not available. So I think what's happening is, is you're seeing the HCM tech firms get more and more of a push to say, hey, help us here. And and you've got some that have been much more aggressive about about going after the global footprint. Ceridian, or maybe, right, maybe even SAP was way ahead of everyone, I would argue, 40 plus calc engines. Uh, and then you've got others who have kind of been sort of staying out of the game, if you will. I would argue Workday has been very passive to addressing global payroll. Um, I think UKG has taken much more of a cautious approach, maybe. A, a, um, and I think they are a conservative organization by design, and they are always are and have been. Um, but I think they, they saw an opportunity. Uh, I, I, look, Amidas was begging to be bought. I don't think yeah, that was any yeah. secret, right? We all know that. Um, it's been for sale. I don't think that it was, um, I mean, it's done, they've done very well. They have a fantastic solution. It's highly automated. It's incredibly forward looking. Um, the thing that I think is uh, makes sense here for UKG is the fact that they did buy a partner that they are deeply integrated with. And I think what you'll see is that Amidas yeah. technology getting getting blended closer and closer together as a control point, a control center dashboard, whatever, uh, in the UKG environment. It's already integrated. It's already sharing data. They already have shared clients. Uh, makes total sense in that way. And by the way, they have an incredible. They UKG has an incredible capability when it comes to workforce management. Right? We all right. know they're they're the primary partner for thing for folks like uh, ADP for advanced scheduling. They were for success factors until uh, they needed to change when they felt there was too much of a competition uh, when Kronos got together with Ultimate. So I think what happened here was um, this was a opportunistic thing. Uh, it was the right time, right place. Um, and what, what I think is interesting, though, is Amidas was, if I'm not mistaken, the go-to for Dayforce in Europe. So I think this is going to leave uh, a gap for some, or not a gap, but a threat maybe for some of these firms that were really leaning into Amidas. And Amidas had some fantastic uh, breadth of relationships when it came to integrations around the market. They were in everyone's marketplace and doing very well that way. Um, and I think that this, uh, you know, obviously accelerates UKG's ability to now go out and have a global, globally capable workforce management solution and time, and payroll solution. But oh, by the way, it could also uh, offer HCM, which I would imagine a number of firms will come to their solution by way of the HCM, uh, which makes sense. But I think the big opportunity, the biggest TAM here to me is going to be in the WFM and global payroll offering uh, that they can now go to market in a single, you know, single organization and really uh, make some real impact. So especially those big, gnarly, uh, you know, manufacturers, retailers, whatever. Um, yeah. The thing I don't like about this, I'll be honest with you, Julie, is there's no calc engines coming from Imidis, not a yeah. single one. Yeah. All of them are licensed or white labeled or partners. Yep. And so yep. that to me, I'm wondering, I want to get more information from UKG on this and why that made sense, because I think that might've been where they might've missed here. Um, but otherwise I'm excited. Yeah. I think it's a great, great solution. Me too. I agree. Yeah. You know, these are a couple of great organizations, but you know, you can't underscore enough the fact that um, them coming together in this marriage is an opportunity. And, you know, there's, there have been others that have uh, made, found their mates, right. Or married a couple of people even yeah. <laughs> in this space. <laughs> and, uh, and, and there's, there's a lot of secret sauce that has to go into bringing these together closely and tightly. And in fact, UKG has already seen, you know, some of the challenges of that when they brought the ultimate group together with, with Kronos to form UKG and figuring out then how to really make that secret sauce happen as you bring a couple of um, large product sets together. So, yeah. um, so wishing them luck and success, of course. Uh, and I can't wait to follow this and see how it evolves. Yeah. And I'm hoping, well, I am going to write an article on this very soon. Uh, so look for that. But um, uh, I also did a post on LinkedIn with some thoughts here, kind of similar. So uh, if you're interested in that, check that out also. I saw that. You're so fast on that. Okay. I, I know. think you had another one also we got one in the more. same space though, right? Yes. Yeah, similar, similar. Velocity Global, this was a few weeks ago, uh, has launched um, some new product offering, right? And uh, very, very similar to what you're seeing, I think the EOR market go towards, and that is more automation, more of an intuitive kind of DIY guided onboarding process for both 
um, you know, figuring out where, you know, what it's going to cost and model uh, your, 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 you know, hiring in another country, uh, quoting that out, getting you to the agreements and fundamentally getting the contract signed and onboarding employee, the workers much faster, right? So Velocity is a big global EOR and independent contractor um, uh, provider, obviously continues to advance their technology. And so I think what you're seeing here is just more of that uh, automated DIY, streamlined, rapid, um, you know, that's one of the key things when you think about global EOR is speed and agility, right? It's speed to market, the ability to execute on something, whether that be talent, whether that be an opportunity to move into a new location. Um, and that's what this is all about. So I think you're seeing more and more and more of that uh, streamlined automation. And of course, I think you're seeing more um, integration as well. I'm starting to see firms getting connected to the uh, HCMs, right? So you're seeing like globalization partners and some uh-huh, others. Uh-huh. Uh, I would imagine Velocity, I know, has a few as well that are getting into marketplaces and, and going into the HCM uh, integrations uh, route as well. But also here in this solution, they're going to be bringing uh, in partnership with Lever, um, talent acquisition to capability, the ability to help integrate recruiting for uh, the purpose of finding, retain, or finding uh, engaging and hiring talent globally. That'll include, you know, 360 degree views of employee lifecycle data, um, you know, from recruitment all the way through to HR compliance. So, uh, very much what I think you're going to see the EOR model go to, and that is a global platform for you know you know insightful, rapid, automated, um, global uh, uh, talent talent employment. Excuse me. So uh, very indicative of what I think you're going to see more of here in in global EOR. And just going back to this consolidation thing, don't think that this is over. Uh, everyone's got their eye on on global payroll right now in the in the yeah. HCM space where it matters, and so. Yeah, for for sure. We're going to see more. I know I often have conversations in the matchmaking department. I'm sure you do as well, where, um, you know, folks that we work with and provider spaces are are dating around and and wondering. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interestingly, you know, there, there, I get, I get, uh, whether, whether people know this or not, I get a lot of, uh, uh, executives that come to me with rumors. And so I have heard some of the craziest rumors, I have to be honest with you. But this one with Amidas and UKG, I could have predicted probably a few months ago. I think many people probably could have. I'm not like a genius or anything. I'm just saying, just listening to what I was hearing, seeing and knowing, uh, I, I, I pretty much uh, called this one several months ago. I'm but, um, we should have a rumor. We should have a rumors episode. But but oh. since Jim is here, I can't wait to see if you start on the I art know. side or the science side. Yes, yes. Let's go. Let's go talk payroll now. Yes, Jim. So <laughs> Uh, you, you talked about being in payroll, right? Obviously for, for some time now, how long have you been in it and what actually got you into payroll? I think you said earlier it was, it was convenient, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was entirely convenient. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was just, uh, you know, finding, finding a job that would give me benefits. Um, yeah. you know, so I, I started there, uh, but I have been in the payroll industry for 17 years. Um, I absolutely. I absolutely love it. Uh, the reason I stay in it is because I love working in a field that has connectivity to all people. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought it going into the industry. You know, it, it seemed very, very straightforward and almost ad administrative, um, in some aspects in the early days, but you know, that, the first time that you're able to do something behind the scenes to make sure that somebody is paid timely, um, even if they, you know, they, they were dropped off the payroll or missed in some way, like having that win was something that I was like, I want to be in this industry so I can always make sure people are paid, um, timely and accurately. And it just, I get very motivated by, finding passion in payroll, making people passionate about payroll. Um, I do spend a lot of time, you know, writing. I do uh, different uh, presentations to train on payroll because I want people to share in my passion because I, I do believe it really, it, it connects all of us. You know, it's, it's, it's such an exciting thing that I think a lot of people tend to not think about. Um, Jim, but, you know, when, that's like so fun because, you know, we talk about attracting people to the profession and, you know, and it has a reputation as a lot of things, many of them kind of nerdy and things they would be like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if this is a, is a space where I could feel that, you know, that um, engagement and feel that, that value that I'm bringing to people every day. So thank you for mentioning that. 
Yeah, yeah, and and thank you for staying in payroll, Jim. We we need more we need more people like you. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a profession that I think is is incredibly misunderstood and it's incredibly undervalued. And you know, I I, I know we 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 talk a lot about all the ways in, in which technology is going to transform this role. And and you've got some people that are saying, well, it's going to be completely gone because of you know technology. And then you've got um, you know, myself, I, I don't agree with that. I think that's being said by people who probably have never actually worked in a corporate payroll, payroll environment supporting <laughs> a, a, an organization and all of the work that goes in be outside of processing, right? That the that the teams have to do in negotiating and working and supporting their business. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing that, str- that, I, that I wish, I wish more, one of the things that you said, Jim, is about how it touches, uh, touches, you know, people, right? But, one of the things I try to encourage, I feel sorry for these executive leaders. Actually, let me say it a different way. I feel sorry for these executive leaders. And I think you've probably seen this. And Julia, I bet you've seen this. How often do you, have you seen, and maybe maybe it's from my corporate H, uh, corporate payroll and HR days is, you know, you're, 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 there's often these things you'll be working on, right? You'll be in a meeting. I would be in meetings with, with different segments of the HR organization, finance organization, whatever the business. And there was always a lot of HR folks who would be like, oh, oh, that, oh, that's payroll. Like almost like they had to put their fingers in their ears when you started to talk. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know any of that. We got, I don't, you know, I don't touch that. That's, that's payroll. Payroll knows that you go to payroll, right? It's like, they're scared of it. You know what I mean? And, and they don't want, they don't take any time to learn it. They don't take any time to understand it. And then when something goes wrong, of course they're, oh my God, oh my goodness, help me, help me. Um, and I always tell people like, you're going about this the wrong way. Like payroll is actually the path to learning all of HR. And that's what I think the practitioner doesn't, in payroll doesn't get enough credit for, for being such a more well-rounded, um, knowledgeable HR about HR and the practice of the business, then, then people give credit to payroll for, and then the hands-off nature of, oh, it's payroll. I don't know that. I don't touch that. I think is really making them miss out on opportunities to learn and understand and respect what goes on in payroll and what it can do. So do you see that Jim, or do you think that's, I mean, have you experienced that yourself? Yeah, I, I I think there is. I think HR probably, you know, maybe, maybe 20, 25 years ago must have had a really good publicist and was like, you know what, in order to be cool, you're going to have to decouple from HR. So uh, you're going to have to decouple from payroll. So pretend, you know, pretend you're not friends with them anymore. And then HR, I think really went on to become this, this cool area to work and payroll sort of stayed, you know, behind a grade and, uh, you know, was sort of like the nerdy. Uh, ex-friend of HR. But to your point, Pete, like I, I do see them very close together. And I think the best HR people truly do understand payroll, but then it goes both ways, right? I think the best yes. payroll people really do understand those eight, those aspects of, of HR. So I, I, I think they always should be, um, I think they should always be complementary of each other and, yeah. uh, and connected. Best yeah. friends, right? I think that's how you, yeah, that's, how, that's what you've done with them artistically is just made them best buds. BFF. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I talked, we talked about art and science, right, of, of payroll. And I think that's, I really love that Payorg uh, this year branded the Payroll Converse, uh, Congress uh, art and science, because I think that that, a lot of people think it, oh, it's just technology. It's just math. That's it. You're just down there cutting checks. No big deal. What's the big, you know, what's taking you so long? Why is it so hard? Um but it's so much more art, right? You've got, there's so much you have to do as a, I, I know in, in bigger companies, right? Down market, little companies, it, it's less complicated. Sure. You can automate the life out of it, but as you grow and mature, and as you start doing mergers and acquisitions, as you start doing um, org designs and, and as you start doing strategic things at scale in the organization, payroll becomes incredibly critical to that. And there's a lot of work, soft skill work that goes into that happening. And that is not going to be replaced by a, by a piece of technology. I'm sorry. It's not, there's too much. And as long as HR is so hands off, out of sight, out of mind, it's not my job. I think it's going to perpetuate that. And I think the retained teams of the world that's, that are left, right. When the roles that are look, all the data entry and all the ticking and tying, that stuff is gone. Thankfully, thankfully. And, and that will continue to go away and degrade. And I think you're going to get to where we're going to be certainly straight through automation processing. But there is going to still be a massive need for the soft skills, the rich and I would say differentiated soft skills that the payroll managers and leaders of the world have that can bring a lot of strategic capabilities to uh, the organization if they're able to, uh, to shift to those new skills, right? Ma- managing vendors, managing bots and technology and, 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 and coaching and teaching 
or or guiding your your organization through their their their, their efforts. Um, I think all of that is going to be super super critical, and I think that's the art that payroll is going to need to bring to the table in the future. And I think that's where they're really going to get a chance to fundamentally shine um, in their roles. So, but what do you think? I mean, Jim, I mean, as far as technology goes, like what's your point of view on the art and science of, of, I mean, you're in a very high tech environment, very high tech solution, but what is, what's the balance do you think of the art to this, if you will, air quotes, that, 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 that the payroll practitioner uniquely brings to this in, in, from your point of view? Yeah. I, so I think, any good artist, when when they're finished with their work, it almost seems effortless, right? Like somebody yeah. will look at that and they're like, "I can do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then if they, they don't see the it, magic, <laughs> right? They don't see the yeah. magic. And I think a lot of payroll specialists have that ability. You know, yeah. they end up doing these amazing things to get payroll out, get payroll done timely, come up with creative solutions in you know in the twenty third hour to make sure that everything goes through smoothly. And I think that those folks are just going to be enhanced by um, new technologies, new ways of doing things. But I think they're also gonna be the ones that keep those technologies in check, right? When things do go wrong, they're the ones that solve or when technologies are working well, they're the ones that um, are empowered by them. You know, I, I, I always think there will be a role for payroll people in the future. I think there's so many different areas uh, where uh, payroll will be impactful. Um, Pete, I know you spoke with Nick, I think, uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Nick did a study uh, uh, last year about how many different um, career paths there are in payroll. And I think somewhere in the 20s, I mean, I don't think that that's going away anytime soon, right? I think there's just so much opportunity in payroll for for folks that that choose to um, choose to focus there. I'd love to jump off of that just a little bit because I think you know all of the things that are credited with um, developing advanced skills, you know, in in your HR career in any of the functional areas are available and in need, in tremendous need um, for payroll practitioners. So you know, if you think of as folks move to the cloud, needing to harmonize, you know. Um, payroll processes. And, you know, that that's a skill set. You know, if you stop thinking about payroll as a job role or job description and start thinking about skill sets, the opportunity to do harmonization, the opportunity to deal with taking a domestic model global, the opportunity to deal with automation, you know, and, and figure out how robotic process automation or chatbots or, you know, different AI tools, you know, can impact and create efficiencies and also operating model work, right? So as uh, technologies help us drive to more automation and, and things are changing and we're moving in and out of shared services, figuring out what the operating model looks like in payroll, I mean, those are, those are as needed, in fact, more needed from folks who understand the details of the function. And so your opportunity to expand your career um, and your skill set, your personal skill set, um, like you're in a niche area and you got you got a, a corner on the market to develop any of these skills that you would want to develop. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think payroll can take you in so many. I mean, I, I just gave a speech on this at the Payroll Congress, how, how payroll can take you to, to different levels. And I, I'll be honest with you, in that speech, I talk about how for probably the first two thirds of my career, I tried very hard to distance myself from it because I thought I was treated like many of us as less than I felt in a lot of ways. And I just perceived that if I continued to work in payroll, that it wasn't going to take me to where I wanted to be the strategic sort of leader that I thought I needed to be as an, in an HR environment. Um, and I kept trying to kind of push away. And, and what I learned was, is once I leaned into it, the skills that I had from it and, and had developed from it, which actually were very foundationally set by the military, which are highly adaptive and translated it phenomenally well to the payroll world that I grew up in. It's very different than, than your world, Jim. But, uh, but, but you know, the, the, the lack of respect and the lack of investment and the, oh, that's payroll, it's, you know, whatever. Uh, it just really fueled me, I think, to, to, to learn and prove people wrong. And, and I think that when I leaned in, and I'd love that this is what I'm, I'm telling practitioners now, and I'm actually working on an article about this is, 
you hold phenomenal, phenomenal skills. If you go look at the new uh, uh, World Economic Forum's jobs report, right? If you look at the skills that employers most are looking to, to develop in their organizations over the next five years, they are all around adaptability, emotional intelligence, the ability to negotiate, the ability to be creative, leaders, all of that stuff, right? Does that not describe a payroll manager to the T? I mean, all day, Spot right? On. So yeah, so like, I'm like, you're, you're ready. Like, all you need is the opportunity to, to lift this weight off of your back that's pinned you to the ground for so long because so many of them have been neglected with no support, no investment, no transformation, and just limping along. And to your point, pulling the rabbit out of the hat every week and everyone's going, well, what's so hard about this? Well, we make it look easy. It's not that it is easy. And so you're absolutely right. I think there's this art to it, but I think also um, there's an opportunity for organizations to, to correct this now and start to look at their payroll organizations and say, let's give them the ability to let them really bring out those skills and shine and what value can we get from it? And payroll practitioners, I think, need to lean into this technology, not run from it, embrace it, figure out how it can augment you to go off and be the best part of the, 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 the bring out the best skills in you that you have that you demonstrate every day, but it's demonstrated in a reactive way because your organizations may not be supporting you. And so I'm only hoping that 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 we get people to understand that that technology is your path to something better. Uh, and I'm excited about it, to be honest with you. I really am. Golden age of payrolls, I'm calling it. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's the golden age of payroll. I, I couldn't agree more. So let me ask you this, Jim, like how's payroll changed? Like just in 10 years, right? You're, you're, you know, no disrespect. You're, you're a young payroll manager compared to, compared to what I would, I would, I am right. But, but what, what's changed in 10 years? I would argue it's a lot, but what in your world has, has changed that you think you've seen? I, th I mean, I, I think everything's changed. I mean, I, I feel really lucky that I was able to start my career when I, I think that, you know, systems were just starting to mature. When I first was running payroll back in my paychecks days, I mean, it was, it was a DOS based system. Yeah. You know, I, I had to type in a code to pull up regular hours and then oh. key those in. Mainframes. <laughs> yeah. Mainframes. And then tab through to get to the next employee. Um, oh, wow. You know, it wasn't until like four years into my career when we actually got, you know, a Windows system, you know, where you could click around and, you know, you could, you could move through things much, much more um, eloquently and you get your, uh, your control totals and all the exciting things. Um, but when I think about what's changed the most, I mean, number one is just the availability of, um, of employers to run their own payroll. I think it was incredibly, incredibly manual. Um, for folks to either print out timesheets and fill them out manually or capture those hours on an Excel sheet and then either send that into their payroll provider or email it or even fax it in some cases. Um, so that's completely changed where, you know, now people can literally text their payroll provider and the, and the, and the payroll is, is created and, and paid out. So I think that payroll um, uh, processors, right, the admins, uh, at companies have much easier ways to to run payroll with a lot of systems. Obviously, cl cloud based continuous calculations. I think you you see less um, you see less errors as a result in that area. Um, the one thing that hasn't changed, um, and and you know I'm going to generalize here, but the one thing that kind of hasn't changed is the fact that every state website. <laughs> <laughs> still looks like it was built at the dawn of the internet. It does, it, right? <laughs> it's like, how can there not be any budget to oh. to make it easier to collect taxes? I know. <laughs> you think it would be like top of the list to make that as efficient as possible? Yeah. And it's just, it's just not. Um, yeah, you know, are, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I was, I was going to say, I, I think that those are, those are some of the highlights of what I've seen get better, what I haven't seen get better. And then of course the, the employee experience, right? You mentioned it at the top of the call, but onboarding is just so much quicker um, yeah. for employees. I mean, they're connecting their bank account immediately. I know you're super passionate about this peep, but this sort of like this, like one connectivity of a person's like finances. Like, I think, I think we're moving in that direction in a, in a really rapid way and people logging into their bank account immediately having that set up with their employer or employers i think in a lot of cases um but onboarding you know their w4 whatever state withholding form they're filling out i just think all of that is is so 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 much quicker than it used to be yeah yeah what, what do you think about the whole just the idea of and i totally agree with you i think that 
it's so refreshing to see the empowerment employees are getting, just the technology and the refreshing uh, help that the payroll practitioners are getting. And sadly, there's a lot of folks that are still uh, sending things across in Excel's and using Excel. <laughs> but um, and, and you're right, the the the, the level of of um, uh, a digitalization still is is lacking in some of our our, our jurisdictions, and 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 we've got countries out there that are way ahead of others. Uh, on working with them electronically. And I think that'll get better, right? And, and hopefully that'll, that'll improve everything for everyone. But uh, what do you think about just the reporting structure of payroll now in the new world? Like there's a lot of uh, debate around, there's always been the chicken or egg sort of conundrum for payroll. Does it report to HR? Does it report to finance? I'll tell you, I lean finance. I always was traditionalist that way. I feel money should be managed, you know, report into finance. But from a care and feeding perspective, I think you kind of have to have HR matrix, sort of matrix uh, managing that experience. But what do you think about just the concept of this idea that people are floating that maybe payroll needs to be its standalone department or its own? And Julie, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. Like, what do you guys think about this concept? I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it, to be honest with you. What, what do you think? I was going to let Jim go first, but... Um, sure. Yeah, yeah go uh, ahead, Jim. So, yeah. yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I'd love the idea of, of payroll being its its own department. Um, I, I do think, you know, this this should be called out, right? It's always going to depend on the size of the business, you know, whether or not you can, um, you're large enough to have a separate HR department, separate payroll department. Um, but in a, in a larger business, I do think payroll would, would 100% be its, be its own department and be right up there, you know, next to the HR department and the finance department. Um, obviously, based on size, if, you know, they start to roll into each other because there's not as many heads to go around, I think that, I think that's fine. But I do think in a perfect world, payroll would get its own, uh, its, its own due. Yeah, I think it could oh. work. I mean, it's just in the right organization. Yeah. Julie, what do you see? What do you, what do you see companies doing nowadays? Yeah. So, um, you know, as you know, I work with companies of all sizes, um, yes. but oftentimes yes. we start on the larger end of the spectrum and on <laughs> the larger end of the spectrum, I would say, you know, it, it always has its own department entity, maybe more often aligned with the HR side than the finance side of the house, um, unless you start talking about a European headquartered or, a, you know, outside of the U.S., um, we might see more often on one side versus the other. But but at that point in time, you're usually large enough. And, and uh, I think in the HR versus finance story, we also have to acknowledge that in some organizations, it's shared services or global business services which is a separate entity to either of those. Yes. Um, and so I definitely see that happening. I also see payroll as, you know, for so mergers and acquisitions, you know, you can end up working with somebody quite small or somebody growing quite fast. Um, and uh, it, it is one of the first areas to get consolidated or centralized or, so it's kind of the embryo for thinking about shared services. If you're not of scale and you start to become of scale, and so that, you know, that's also exciting when you think about, you know, the opportunity to be at the the beginnings or the birth of somebody that is, you know, something that is starting to grow into its own, you know, centralized element. Um, and so I think we'll find practitioners that get a crack at working with that sort of a challenge. And the last thing I was going to say here is, you know, I just, I really wanted to, to, um, expand my own creative license and say, Jim, you might need a new character in your, in your art and yes. you might need a fin bot somewhere or whatever <laughs> you call them. And, and, and maybe if we could do something funny with a GI, you know, like a, like an, an ex army payroll clerk, uh, <laughs> bot, um, you know, that, that I just think that's hilarious. And that's got Pete's name written all over it. <laughs> Well, let me tell you my opinion on this. So I, I look, I'm a traditionalist. I love the reporting to finance, but I actually think that there is a um, a place for payroll to almost be this sort of independent matrix organization. And what I mean by that is, is I, I actually, in my experience working in corporate type HR in the bigger companies I worked with, um, is that I often spent a lot more of my time with the business than I did with HR or finance, even though both of them were massive stakeholders to what I was doing. And we were in constant contact, constantly working together uh, at the highest levels, uh, strategically and otherwise, tactically. I think that there was um, a lot of benefit to that because of being sort of, and for us, we were a, a shared service center. We were a, at least in one of my roles and, and a way and sort of, you know, reporting into to finance from a, from a reporting perspective, but very heavily um, 
uh, dotted line, if you will, into HR as well. And I, but I think that there is so much work that needs to go on with the business in many types of companies, and it's different for everyone. That you want to work very closely with them, right? Especially now that you have the frontline manager much more involved in HR. Um, you know, a lot of these initiatives that you might be supporting are, or working on change management or working through projects and such are, are, are impacting to the business as well. So I think there is a case for maybe an independent sort of hybrid uh, department, but I, I think it all really depends on the size, the complexity and what you're talking about in your, in your company. So yeah, I guess that, that'll, uh, that chicken and egg will uh, conundrum for the payroll is always going to be there. I think. <laughs> so anyway, so look, Jim, we've talked a lot about like tech, right? I mean, we, we've hit on a bunch of things here, but like, and I, I Julie, I want your perspective too. Like, do, do you think it's living up to the hype, Jim? I'm like, do you think it's really, it, it's really helping the practitioner move forward or is there something missing? Is there, is it unrealistic in what, what we're all talking about uh, as analysts and as companies out there developing this forward looking stuff? Like, what do you think about all of that? I, I, you know, from where I sit, I, I think the one thing that no matter how good the technology becomes, when I think of payroll, right, ultimately, I, I think the, the biggest piece of that is calculating those taxes um, and, and making sure that they're, they're filed timely and then, you know, quarterly reporting, annual reporting. Um, I think we're doing really good on the employee side, getting employees paid faster, getting them onboarded faster. I think that's all good. But because of that state agency, federal agency, like because we're always going to be limited by what technologies they're using, I think we can only go so far in the payroll world until federal agencies, state agencies, they start to catch up with the technology outside there. That's right? a great I think, point. Yep. I think payrolls eventually just, it's going to hit a wall, right? You're going to be able to do so much, but then you're always going to be limited by how you can get taxes paid, how you can get updates to employer information, unemployment rates, you know, all of the important stuff that you depend on these agencies to give. If it's not coming timely, if they're not keeping up with what the technology's, you know, doing in the business world. Um, I, I think it's just, you know, we're going to become, we're going to go into a holding pattern. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. You're right. It's kind of like the weakest link, right? Like it's going to break down. Uh, you know, you can only go as far as your weakest link. And if the link in the chain is, is, is where you're transmitting your data to outside the organization, that's going to be a problem, especially when compliance is tied to the other end. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's exciting. My only thing is I don't think that organizations are adopting this stuff fast enough. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot, Julie, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I'll, I'll kind of leave this to you. I, I, that's, that's just my view of what I've seen from sort of talking to people and, and interviewing folks and, and doing surveys and doing work, there might be this, there, there's still some hesitation at, all around. I mean, there's people not even on cloud yet, let alone uh, some of these other, you know, more advanced things. But Julie, what do you, what do you think? What yeah, I are people deny, are sort of looking at this? Yeah, I wouldn't deny that there still is some hesitation or sometimes it's funding, right? Yeah. Um, to be truthful, it's, you know, it's a, the, it's not the first funding priority as a back office function, but I will say, because I work more on the, on the client side and work with the practitioners directly, there is an element that can be frustrating when you see the providers coming out with, you know, constant calc and, you know, just all, all the cool things that they're, that they're building into their product. And uh, at the same time, a lot of the the pains are taken away by virtue of how your different products come together behind the scenes. So individually, providers make a lot of noise, right, as they come up with some new and great innovation. But collectively, as it's deployed in an organization, especially larger organizations, what good does it do if, you know, if your global payroll engine you know, moves much smoother and faster if all of the underlying ICP engines, you know, don't move any faster. You, you really, you know, haven't majorly moved the needle on your, um, on your close date, for example, for payroll. So, um, so there's an element of, I think, constant frustration in, you know, these innovations are great, but um, we have to figure out how collectively the whole end-to-end -end processes get uh, impacted and we move the needle there. And that's just a challenge for every organization because they're putting different parts of the puzzle together differently. 
true, right? In different different use cases, different you know different stages of their maturity and growth. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot to take on. Um, so Jim, just to kind of wrap up, I know we we could probably we say this every episode. We could probably go on for hours, but uh, you know everybody is buzzing about generative AI, uh, large language models. I'm excited for large language models, especially for payroll. I think compliance is going to be a huge help with that, um, you know, sifting through local laws and garnishment orders and, you know, these sorts of things are going to be really helpful. But, uh, what, what's your thoughts? Are you, are you using AI in your work? I mean, are you, uh, are, are you, what, do, what are your, what is your point of view on that? And what do you, what would you be your advice to, to practitioners maybe just starting to mess around and, and get it, not mess around, but embrace it in their, uh, in their environments? Yeah, we actually, uh, we did a, we did a hackathon fairly recently where we, uh, we oh, started nice. to tap into AI and just look at, you know, what some of the, some of the capabilities were obviously, you know, reading garnishment notices, you know, reading, reading tax notices, different ways to, you know, pull out the salient information and then, you know, thinking using it to create knowledge base articles or, um, or even, you know, you, you mentioned that chatbot experience, um, so definitely uh, playing with the with the tools that are available and, and looking at all that stuff. And honestly, I, I I think my my opinion is embrace it, right? You know, try to try to understand it. You know, see how it fits um, fits into your world. Uh, I do think that any payroll specialist, you know, would benefit from from just giving it a try, right? Just there's there's the only harm you could do is just not understand you know, don't, don't be afraid of it, you know, give, give it a try. And I think that that's the best way to get comfortable and, you know, understand, or even come up with, with new ideas or different ways that, you know, AI, AI can, can support you. Yeah, absolutely. Julie, what do you, what is your advice to buyers from that perspective around generative, how to look at this now? Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course, embracing um, these new technologies, they're, they're definitely here to stay. The question is what they end up looking like. Um, but I, I would um, say embrace, especially from a learning perspective and understanding and trying to view the possibilities and the efficiencies. But when it comes to deploying or standing up something, that's where, you know, I tend to see, um, you know, a lot more element of caution and risk. Uh, and you have to stay very close to data privacy, data security, you know, anything or the, um, the false impression that, you know, something that might get generated through AI channels or a large language uh, modeling um, is taken as uh, compliant advice. It's almost the same as if you would apply that to legal, you know, legal language or what your legal options are. And so um, we know that we're in one of those functional areas where there's just um, a lot of a lot of risk and um, risk adversity reigns. And so that's where I see you know, clients um, wanting to explore and yet being cautious um, unless they could push all of that fiduciary stuff off on a provider and then they're kind of happier to go, go for it. Yes, yeah, let, yes. Let them deal with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Especially in a world where errors, you know, mistakes are not not tolerable, right? It's uh, it's payroll. So yeah, and it's one of the things people like about outsourcing, you know, if you want to if you want to get caught up and really caught up on technology, then you know, then you can take a provider who's doing that across multiple clients and, and shift a little bit of your risk, right? Um, yeah. And has become a conversation. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, look, this has been amazing. Jim, thank you for being a friend of the show. Thank you for coming on. Where can folks find you and, and can they access your art? Or I know we're going to share a few if you don't mind, but where can uh, where can folks connect with you and maybe, maybe network if they'd like? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm on Twitter. I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can reach me there. Uh, my art isn't isn't published anywhere yet. I am working on I am working on a book, uh, hoping to have that out by the uh, by the end of the summer. Um, it's actually it's very reminiscent of orbiting the giant hairball. I don't know if you've ever read that book by no. Gordon McKenzie. No, yeah, no. Wonder, wonderful book by Gordon McKenzie. He worked at he, he worked at Hallmark. Um, so he created this fun little corporate book where he he has um, little blurbs about different ways to approach social situations at work, um, and it's and it's funny. But all throughout the book is his artwork, and I've never found another book like it. And I um, I really want to create something very similar where there's going to be uh, written segments and then uh, interspersed with a lot of my a lot of my comic strips throughout. Um, but please definitely, definitely share them. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to both of you when the book's ready to go and maybe get a, 
maybe get an awesome. endorsement or uh, yes, of yes, course. that would be yeah. great fun. Or a absolutely, forward. absolutely. Well, that's so cool, man. I want to see it. I definitely want to copy. And uh, yeah, I will be sharing your art. Uh, I'll share a few. I'll make sure everybody has their links, but I'll also share a few uh, pieces of art on our Twitter uh, and LinkedIn accounts. But uh, Julie, what Thanks. about you? Where are you next, and what's uh, what's coming up? Yeah. So for me, as you know, I I do um, most of my work is client side. And so I've got some pretty heavy client transformation work. Sometimes when folks double down, um, you know, and are trying to get ready as they get to go live, things they want to go live in the next year. So a lot of client work that is taking me to a number of different cities in case folks are listening and, and might want to try to catch up. I'll be in Boston next week. Um, and included in that is an HR networking event at a, at the uh, Red Sox versus Yankees game um, at oh. the Friday night. So wow. um, I am doing some networking with some HR folks. So if anybody happens to be listening in a timely fashion, reach out to me if you're in that area and would want to be a part of that. I'm in Cincinnati the following week toward the end of the week in Houston at the end of the month, the week of the 26th. And then in Chicago with some clients and a provider in uh, the week of July 10th. So wow, um, U.S. Lot, tour, U.S. Yeah, tour. A lot of you need uh, you need to sell T-shirts. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but you know what? What I love most about that is I always look for every chance I can get to um, meet new people. You know, HR practitioners, HR leaders. When I'm out and about, and so you know, I'm not always the best at reaching out to everyone I know in my networks. But um, I would be happy wherever I am if I'm coming to a place near you. I'd be happy to um, to sit down and find a way to have coffee or dinner or um, listen to your transformation journey. I love it. I love it. Are you Red Sox or Yankees? I don't know that I care. <laughs> Detroit, I you don't that? care. You're Tigers, right? You're I Tigers. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good, good. Okay, we'll enjoy that. And uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a rest, I think, during the summer in terms of travel and be working on content. But uh, yeah, look for me, look for my latest blog uh, right now available for you as uh, the UKG Analyst Day. There's some good updates in there about what's going on in their HCM world. Uh, I'm working on one on their acquisition with Metis, so look for that. I'll also be on the Burning Platform uh, podcast with uh, Vinny Merchandani. I was actually just on there recently, and we're going to be talking the news alongside Brent Skinner from 360 Insights. And then uh, on the 28th, look for um, uh, me to host a panel that we ran at the payroll org on June 28th at 1 p.m. It's a Mythbuster style panel where we're going to be uh, addressing some of the myths that stop firms from adopting earn wage access. So if there are any payroll org uh, non-members, if you're not a member of payroll org and you want to be a part of that and you're on the buy side, uh, come to, come talk to me. Hit my DMs up and I will uh, see about getting you a pass to that. So I want to make sure everybody gets to see that. It's a really fun time. We had a blast at, uh, at Payroll Org, and it's, uh, we're running it back with a new, a new group of executive leaders and practitioners. Um, and then, of course, I just have a ton of content coming on the way, so just stay close to my channels. Uh, some very interesting stuff coming out. Some, um, I'll just leave it at that. So just stay tuned, and uh, great to see you both, or, ha- well, speak to you both. We didn't, we didn't do video this time, but uh, appreciate you coming on, Jim. And uh, yeah, as always. Great. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, guys. Take care.